Good morning and welcome to True Talk. This is your host, Samar Jarrah. Uh, I'm very pleased that I will be talking to uh, Jihad uh, Abu Salim about something that happened uh, two days ago in the uh, military-occupied uh, Palestine. And uh, we're going to be talking about the assassination of the American-Palestinian journalist Shireen Abu Aqla. Uh, but uh, something will happen just before that, after I play the music. Uh, so stay tuned. It's uh, some interesting personal uh, news. This is uh, the song Mayil ala baladi, passed by my country by Palestinian Shalabi Yunus and Ghazal Gharaib. This is True Talk on WMNF 88.5 FM. على بلدي لتشوف كيف البحر بيضحك لك لتشم تراب بلادي وترسم حجار ومجدك ميل على بلدي لتشوف كيف البحر بيضحك لك لتشم تراب بلادي وترسم حجار ومجدك ميل على شاطي حيف خدلك من رمل وتذكار صورة بشوارع يافا وعلى صورة العكا مشوار على بلدي لتشوف كيف البحر كيف البحر بيضحك لك القدس وشوارع سماها أجمل مكان ميل عنا وسال عنا إحنا للكرم عنوان وإذا بدك تتهنى الناس بتبعد سلام بعد بتحلى ميقال وجودك حلو الكلام ميل على وادي ركوة القهوة عنا شرفنا حارة حارة قلوبنا لعيونك ضاع وركويت القهوي عالنار شرفنا حارة حارة قلوبنا لعيونك ضار ميل على بلدي لتشوف كيف البحر Welcome back to True Talk. Uh, my uh, boss, I guess, Sean, he is the head of the news department uh, at WMNF, just walked into the room with a box. What is that? Yes, Amar, I wanted to present. I wanted to present you and Ahmed with the 2021 Public Affairs Volunteer of the Year Award at WMNF. So, Samar, here is oh my your... God plaque, your microphone that says WMNF and Public Affairs Volunteer of the Year. So congratulations to um, you and Ahmed. Oh my God, thank you so much. Oh, let me. This is beautiful. I'm not sure who designed it. 2021 Public Affairs Volunteer of the Year, Samar Jarrah, 88.5 FM. Sean, I really appreciate it. I want just, I'm taking a video here, multitasking. 
Uh, so my followers all over the world can see it. Here is Gray, our assistant, and Frank is in the other room. There is no way, uh, Sean, I can do this without all of you. Well, thanks Honestly. for all of your work too. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. Appreciate it. So now we go back uh, a little bit to the music before I uh, bring uh, Jihad. But maybe uh, we'd we'll listen to another kind uh, of uh, song uh, just in case we need to do uh, better uh, technical uh, issues. So this is True Talk on WMNF 88.5 FM. Please stay tuned. Uh, we will be right back. And welcome back to True Talk. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the other selection of the music. It's from the Nuba uh, from uh, south of uh, Sudan. But I am pleased to say that I will be talking now uh, with Jihad Abu uh, Salim, who is uh, Education and Policy Coordinator uh, for... Um, a Quaker uh, action uh, group. Uh, he is also uh, studying uh, for his uh, PhD in NY University and he writes really about uh, a lot of issues related uh, to Palestine and related to media and uh, for those who were not following the news, there is a Palestinian journalist who has been covering the news for more than 25 years. I personally um, uh, I can't say grow up because I was uh, uh, not young when, uh, you know, she was covering uh, the news. Uh, but uh, we all kind of watched her the whole time uh, while uh, she was covering from Palestine. Her name was Shireen Abu Aqla. Shireen, Shireen was assassinated. Uh, I think it was, I can say, Wednesday, um, almost uh, 11.45 a.m., and uh, I have been covering the news uh, of it. And maybe at 2 a.m., I saw a tweet by the ambassador, uh, the U.S. ambassador to the state of Israel, 
And I was uh, shocked to find out that she was also an American. And then also when they brought her body t- uh, to the hospital, the, uh, af- outside the hospital, I found people um, like a priest praying. And that was the first time I realized that she was also a Christian. We're going to be talking about all that, but especially the uh, lack of media coverage. Good morning, Jihad. Good to have you on True Talk. Good morning, Samar. Thanks for having me. Um, I've followed you, you followed me, but uh, I never thought that you and I would be talking about uh, about Shireen Abu Aqla. Um, I know that you are much younger than me, but can you, and you must have grown up uh, listening to her, can you tell our listeners who Shireen Abu Aqla really was? Thanks for having me again, Samar, and uh, my deepest condolences to the Palestinian people, to every free person in this world, and to the community of journalists and those who work uh, to tell the truth um, uh, and work tirelessly to um, expose crimes and to tell the truth without hesitation. Um, I grew up in Palestine, uh, in Gaza, and Uh, I was in the fifth grade when the Second Intifada, the Palestinian uprising, started in the year 2000. And uh, my father is a journalist. <clears throat> he uh, he worked in, uh, in the Palestinian Ministry of Information, um, and he also uh, worked with journalists back in the day. And growing up, I was... Um, familiar with that community of uh, of journalists in Palestine. And uh, early on, I became familiar with the name Shireen Abu Aqle. Shireen uh, was one of the first uh, Palestinian women to become a, uh, a key correspondent for uh, a big network like Al Jazeera. Uh, and sh- and her her work in Palestine as a correspondent began in the late 90s. And when the second intifada, the uprising, started in 2000, her coverage, her presence on the screen uh, was very important. We, every night, every day when we watch the news, uh, there was always a segment where Shireen uh, would cover a certain aspect of life under occupation in Palestine. Um, and it didn't really take long for Shireen to become an icon, uh, to become a, uh, a symbol for, for courage, for bravery, for heroism, for being, uh, uh, you know, able to um, go to, uh, to places or to be in situations that are very dangerous, but still, you know, she would do everything she can to um, to cover uh, stories and uh, and situations where Palestinians were being harmed uh, by Israeli forces, um, and that that was very important. And you know, uh, we grew up watching Shireen almost every day on TV, uh, and 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 that's why some of my friends, uh, you know, they some of them wrote on on social media that we grew up as if we knew her personally. And, you know, when you grow up watching someone, listening to them, relying on them for information, for, for stories that, uh, that, you know, shape our lives, 
she became part of of our upbringing she became part of our daily life she became part of uh, of the Palestinian story um not just telling the story but also part of that story so um and and then you know when israel when israeli forces invaded uh and reoccupied uh, major city centers in the west bank uh during the second palestinian intifada uh, shirin was on the front line uh, as a correspondent uh you know standing in the middle of the, the streets in the alleys of refugee camps uh with her colleagues with her crew um live on air reporting on 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 uh, on how israel proceeded to conquer and destroy palestinian cities and towns um so yeah i mean it's 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 a it's a it's a loss that will take so much time for us palestinians and arabs and and and, and journalists to fathom and to understand the gravity of that loss Uh, I just want to remind our listeners that they can send their uh, email, their comments, their questions to DJ at WMNF.org, DJ at WMNF.org. You can always uh, text us, um, I'm trying to find, yes, you can text to 813-433-0885. 0885. You can always call a DJ at WMNF.org, but I don't think I'm going to be taking phone calls for another uh, 20 minutes because I want uh, to give Jihad a chance uh, to finish a few um, ideas that uh, I want to throw at him. And uh, I am talking to Jihad Abu Salim, who is a PhD candidate who is also of Palestinian descent. And we are talking about journalist Shireen Abu Akhla, 51 years old, who was assassinated in cold blood by Israeli defense forces and we're going to be discussing the lack Uh, the cowardly uh, coverage of Western media, but especially here in the U.S., especially after they found out that she's an American citizen. And it seems that it didn't matter because she was not uh, killed, obviously, in the Ukraine by the, Ru- the Russians. It was uh, killed by an uh, so-called allied uh, called Israel. Uh, Jihad, our uh, listeners have been listening to this show for the past 17 years. They might know um, a thing or two about the uh, nature of the system that the Palestinians are living in, uh, under. Actually, while I'm talking to you, or while you were talking, I'm getting messages because I just posted that people can follow this conversation on Twitter. And uh, I got uh, DMs telling me, uh, check uh, the uh, ambulance that was carrying uh, Shireen's body from Ramallah, which is like here in Florida, let's say Martin Luther King and the uh, Dale Mabry. Okay, uh, and same Americans are living in Martin Luther King Street. Uh, same, my cousin can be living in on Dale Mabry. So the uh, ambulance was taking Shireen's body from Dale uh, from Martin Luther King Street to Dale Mabry. There is an illegal, uh, according to international law, military post that did not allow the Palestinians who live on Martin Luther King. To, do, to go to Dale Mabry and follow the body of a deceased uh, young uh, woman and bury her uh, in Jerusalem where she was born. So people might 
really uh, jihad not understand what kind of system the Palestinians live under? What is the nature of it? How, how do they move? How do they live? You, you, you grew up there. Can you explain to them? Well, uh, Palestine is a small country. It's almost the size of the state of New Jersey. Um, and uh, however, Palestinians uh, have been suffering from uh, fragmentation of their land uh, due to the existence of an occupying power that seeks to uh, take over as much land as possible and um, and remove as many Palestinians as possible from from their land. The you know I, I'm sure people hear as you said one or two things about the the Palestinian issue, uh, but. I won't dive, delve deeply into the details, but this is a case, this is a situation of a country that was occupied by, uh, 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 you know, a, a group of settlers, colonists, who wanted to establish a state of their own in a country inhabited by, uh, by a nation, that has roots, deep roots in, in, in their land, that have built a great civilization and, um, and have existed on, in, on their land for centuries. And one day, um, <clears throat> the Zionist movement uh, allied with Great Britain, now with the United States, decided to establish a... Uh, Jewish majority state in Palestine, and to achieve that, they uh, worked on expelling Palestinians from their country, uh, like what happened in 1948 when the state of Israel was founded on the ruins of more than 500 Palestinian cities, towns, and villages, and uh, and after hundreds of thousands of Palestinians became refugees exiled from their own country. And some of these people who were expelled in 1948, they still live a few miles away from their towns, villages, from their property, and they are banned by Israel from returning to their land, although their right to return is enshrined in international law. And in, in 1967, the remaining parts of Palestine that that Israel did not conquer in 1948, it did conquer in 1967, occupying the West Bank, the Gaza Strip from the Palestinians, the Golan Heights from Syria, the Sinai Peninsula from Egypt. And up until today, the Gaza Strip, East Jerusalem, and the West Bank remain under Israeli military control, under Israeli military rule. And to maintain that rule, Israel works on using all sorts of violent methods, including recurring military aggressions like we see in Gaza, uh, building checkpoints that fragment and rupture the very fabric of Palestinian society in the West Bank, imposing restrictions on people's freedom of movement, on their ability to travel from one town to another, on their ability to pursue medical treatment, to pursue education, 
to travel outside of Palestine and then return to their country. Um, and at the same time, Israel continues to build settlements in the West Bank in violation of international law, moving its civilian population into Palestinian lands in the West Bank to build settlements that are subsidized, funded, um, and encourage settlers from within Israel and from from the outside world to come and settle on Palestinian land that was illegally seized. So this is the reality of the occupation. It's It's been a, a process of ethnic cleansing, a process of expulsion, a process of erasure and removal of an entire people to make way, to make room for another group of people. And the, the, the main logic of Zionist settlement in Palestine is that there is one narrative that matters, and it's the Zionist narrative about the land. And every other group, every other people who live there, every other narrative really doesn't really don't doesn't matter. Um, and that's that's why Palestinian resist, and that's why Palestinian have been challenging this ongoing process to remove them from their country. Um, and this is something that any people on earth would do. Um, nobody would accept uh, being, you know, uh, seeing their country taken away from them, seeing their land colonized, seeing their their rights uh, uh, taken away. It's um, a human, just, like you said, sorry, uh, Jihad, but it's a human nature to resist somebody, a bulldozer, bulldozing your house or like what happened uh, in Sheikh Jarrah. However, things are... Uh, like there is more information coming out. Um, there are so many internationals who go there, who see what's happening, but some really mean to go there to be witnesses to what's going on. But now that we have social media, like I came to this country 30 years ago, 32 years ago, uh, um, uh, Jihad, and it, there was no way I can reach uh, the media. I mean, I, you can write a letter to the editor when we later on had computers and laptops, we were able, for instance, to email CNN, but really, we, I did not have a voice. I did not have the radio show. I did. I just was teaching and giving lectures. But boom! All of a sudden, we have Facebook. We have Twitter. We have TikTok. Um, and now, I think jihad. Uh, don't you feel like the Palestinians' voice uh, is coming out? The narrative, our narrative, your narrative, as somebody who lives there, is now coming out. Absolutely. Uh, for decades, mainstream traditional media agencies and institutions tried to control the narrative around what's happening in Palestine. Um, uh, they, they were and they continue to be complicit in um, undermining Palestini the Palestinian narrative, in undermining Palestinian stories, in undermining Palestinian voices. And this changed with social media because the world be, was able to see stories and, and hear about stories and see, uh, you know, scenes from the ground um, that, that, uh, that are not filtered and that are not censored uh, by the mainstream media uh, institutions. Um, and I think... And I think there is also a shift, um, a, an intergenerational shift that is taking place in the U.S. 
where you know we we're, we're seeing changes from within the American Jewish community. Uh, we are seeing changes, you know, uh, within the faith community, the, the Christian communities in the United States, and we see how an, a new generation of Palestinian Americans, uh, born and raised in the U.S., for example, have carried. Uh, on their shoulder, the responsibility of telling the stories of what's happening to their people on the ground. So there are many factors why our voices um, uh, are becoming more heard. And that, that is what's, you know, causing this backlash on the part of um, Israel and its allies to suppress uh, any conversation, any discourse on Palestine or Palestinian rights. So yes, I mean, uh, even even as someone who has been in this country for almost 10 years, I can notice a qualitative uh, difference in terms of how the narrative has been changing. Uh, we can, you know, look, looking at polling, looking at the general attitude. Uh, I work in an organization uh, that advocates for Palestinian rights, and we work with uh, faith communities, with students, with uh, all sorts of audiences, and uh, people have become more aware. And I think it's important for Americans to become more aware. Of course, there is a moral consideration. Uh, there, what's happening in Palestine is, is, an, is an example of an injustice that any person with conscience, with, with a sense of morality, should uh, do something about. But it's also about the responsibility of Americans as taxpayers in a country that supports the Israeli government and that protects the Israeli government and that provides $4 billion of American taxpayer money every year, in addition to uh, 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 other amounts here and there that uh, also you know, are channeled to Israel. So I think there is a moral but also a political responsibility on the part of American of the American people as citizens as as people who uh, who have uh, they have um, you know something they, they have the capacity to vote uh, people into office and vote them out they have the capacity and the freedom and the security of reaching out uh, to their elected officials uh, to the White House I mean they can communicate their ideas but they like you said and they have a moral responsibility because where are where did the bullet come from who paid for it who's paying for this occupation who's paying for this settler uh, colonial uh, regime that is going on. It's us, all of us Americans. We give them most money. Isn't that true, uh, Jihad? Not only the bullet, but also the rocket. I mean, in, uh, almost a year ago, uh, my family lives in Gaza, and uh, I still can't believe that it's almost one year since the the May aggression, uh, where when Israel launched a brutal attack on the Gaza Strip causing the deaths of hundreds of Palestinians, destroying buildings. Uh, and, uh, and you know, I, I recall how many of the rockets that were dropped on, on Gaza that destroyed apartment buildings, um, press offices like, like the, the tower that, host, that hosted the offices of Al Jazeera and the Associated Press. These, these bombs were American bombs that were used to destroy lives and to destroy property and to, 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 to spread trauma and fear and destruction. 
So it is a it is our responsibility as people who live in this country to do something about what's happening in Palestine. I want, uh, sorry, uh, Jihad, but I want to read your uh, name uh, again, Jihad Abu Salim, because I think I mispronounced it. But I want to tell our listeners, because we have many people who keep asking, like, <laughs> how can we uh, reach out? But let me just do the spelling J-E-H-A-D, Jihad, then Abu Salim, A-B-U-S-A-L-I-M. If you can Google it, I think you wrote a very interesting piece in the Washington uh, Post uh, maybe last year in May, almost like at this time. And you, I think you mentioned that you wrote it for your sister who witnessed four wars in, uh, ten, uh, day, uh, in 10 years. Uh, can you mention uh, that piece? Because, and then I'm going to really move uh, to Shireen Abu Akhla and try to play a segment of, uh, about her. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that uh, piece? Because I think it was very wonderful to write, <laughs> not to read. Absolutely. No, yeah. I mean, my sister was born in 2000. Her name is Hala. Um, she's top of her class studying uh, computer science now um, in, in defiance of really like harsh reality in Gaza where she lives. Um, my sister was eight years old when Israel launched the 2008 attack on Gaza. She was 12 when, during the 2012 war on Ga- in Gaza. She was 14 during the 51-day brutal attack on the Gaza Strip that led to the deaths of 2,000 people. Um, And she was 21 years old last year, witnessing bombing, witnessing destruction, witnessing death. Um, I really don't know how, how people there do it. Although I lived there and I witnessed some of these atrocities firsthand. Um, so yeah, I mean, my sister, my other siblings, my friends, my family, for them, violence doesn't begin or stop with these attacks, with these explosions, with these bombings. Violence is a daily occurrence. It's something that they experience on a daily basis when they don't have electricity, when they can't travel freely, when they, when they don't have access to healthcare. Um, and, and still, you know, uh, people there defy all of these challenges and do what what's their best to uh, do their best to realize their utmost potential in face of these challenges but but also you know they deserve to live a life of dignity a life of peace a life of security and that's why we need to work together uh, as palestinians as americans as citizens of of this world with who have conscience and 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 uh, and, and sensibility to end this crimes and to and to protect my sister from spending the rest of her life witnessing another brutal war another brutal aggression every other three years or so um so yeah it, it, it is what's at stake here is is the very humanity the very survival the very the very uh, the, the physical well-being of people who have never seen a day of peace a day of quiet a day of of security in their lives and and that's why we should all work together on to end the occupation and to 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 work for a free palestine <laughs> 
I'm going to try, uh, Jihad, now to play a segment uh, about what happened to Shireen Abu Akhla. I'm not sure if you can listen to it and I'm not sure if I can play it, uh, but uh, let me attempt here uh, and see if it's going to work. We're bringing you some breaking news. An Al Jazeera correspondent has been shot by Israeli forces. We understand that she's been killed. Shireen Abu Akhla was working in Palestine. She was a veteran correspondent for many years. We understand it's happened in Jenin, in the occupied West Bank. Let's go to Nida Ibrahim, who's joining us on the phone. Anita, what more can you tell us? What we know for now is the Palestinian Health Ministry has announced her death after Shirin Abu Akhle, who was, has been covering uh, the events unfolding in Jenin, specifically an Israeli raid to the city in the north of the occupied West Bank, where she was hit by a bullet to the head. She was transferred to the hospital. Our colleague and producer, Rania, has been in touch with the hospital before the announcement of the death. The medical team told her that she had a very, very slim chance. And unfortunately, we just got the news from the Palestinian Health Ministry announcing her death. As you can imagine, this is... It gave us a shock to the journalists who are uh, who have been working with her she's a very well respected journalist she's been covering the palestinian story for years and years now since the um she has joined al jazeera since the beginning of the second intifada she's been covering on the news and we are now very shocked very sad that this is the reality of Palestinian journalists covering the news. That unfortunately, they find themselves part of the story. Nida, and I understand, of course, that this is a... Forgive me for interrupting you, Nida, but I do, of course, understand, we all do understand that this is a very difficult moment for you and the team there. Are you able to tell us any more about the circumstances under which this happened? To be honest, Rob, I've seen a few videos. I couldn't continue watching them. As you can imagine, this is difficult. I've seen her shot in the head. That's all I've seen. I don't know the circumstances. I'm not sure where she was standing at the time. We're trying to uh, leave Virginia now to try and cover some there. But unfortunately, what we know at the moment is very difficult. The circumstances under which events like this have happened before, um, do, that, do we know what the procedure will be from, say, the Israeli forces or the Palestinian organizations? Will there be some sort of investigation? Um, it happens with a lot of Palestinians. Um, journalists or not journalists, the Israeli army often announces that it's investigating, that it's looking into stories. But as many Palestinians will tell you, that a lot, if not all, that in the Palestinian Authority by the uh, Israeli forces fire go unindicted, that they believe, Palestinians believe that people are not going to be held accountable for what's going on. 
If you're just joining us, this is True Talk on WMNF 88.5 FM and you were just uh, listening uh, to um, a live report on how we found out that actually uh, Shireen Abu Akhla uh, died uh, on the scene uh, after being uh, shot. And of course, there was a discussion of uh, investigating it and we're going to be talking about uh, about it later on the, the show. And again, you can send your uh, emails to dj at wmnf.org and I'm talking to Jihad Abu Salim, a Palestinian who lived uh, most of his life in Palestine, but for the past 10 years he's living in the U.S. I want to ask you, uh, Jihad, about the U.S. reaction, because a few hours later, the ambassador, the U.S. ambassador to Israel tweeted. So tell us about uh, what the U.S. ambassador said, and then what did the State Department said? Um. It is important to uh, look at uh, the, the history of U.S. Uh, responses to to Israeli crimes and and how Isra- and how the United States government reacts to to those to those uh, atrocities that Israel uh, that Israel commits. Um, you know, like the the State Department uh, condemned the killing and called for an investigation. But uh, if the investigation isn't conducted by an independent uh, 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 body, uh, if the investigation as as the state Jihad, I, I want uh, sorry to interrupt you, but I want you to ex- use the exact word they said: encourage. The, yes, I mean said, ima- encourage. encourage. Like, what if I don't have uh, a lot of courageous uh, cells in my body? What do you mean, encourage? <laughs> Well, um, that's that's not new. That's not new. This is part of a long history uh, of uh, active U.S. inaction in the face of Israeli atrocities, and it's part of you know the United States' active role in co- in covering uh, uh, for Israeli you know uh, uh, human rights violations, um, and and this is this is uh, ridiculous because if Israel. If Israel killed Shirin Abu Akhle, then Israel would have, uh, you know, uh, w- would have no uh, interest in showing that its military was behind the crime. But also, there there are situations. There are many examples of of cases of journalists who were murdered by Israeli sniper fire. Let me tell you about Yasser Murtaja, who uh, was a a uh, Palestinian journalist, photographer from Gaza City, uh, who was covering the events of the Great March of Return. And he, uh, he, was, he was wearing a, uh, a vest and a, and a helmet that both said press on them. Um, and still he was shot by Israeli sniper fire uh, in an exposed area uh, under his armpit. And this was a case where a journalist was murdered by Israeli sniper fire, and there was no question about who did that act. And what was Israel's justification then? They tried to reduce the scale of the crime to claim that uh, Yasser... Um, had this or that affiliation with this or that group. They tried to undermine the the crime and to 
basically distract by uh, talking about, uh, you know, uh, how he uh, was flying a drone uh, as, a, as a journalist, which is something that is not, you know, uh, strange uh, at this point, you know, when it comes to, to photography technologies and so on and so forth. So um, it, all, it always comes down to the, to the question of how much impunity Israel has, especially from the United States, and how protected uh, the, the, the Israeli regime is uh, from the United States. The, this, this impunity, this ability of Israel to escape accountability for its crimes, it did not help, uh, as U.S. officials claim, bring Israel to the negotiation table. It did not help uh, encourage Israel to pursue uh, you know, peace or some sort of an agreement with Palestinians. It, is, it, is, it has encouraged Israel to, to feel as it wishes, uh, to, to, to do you know, to commit crimes as it wishes in, in Palestine, kill Palestinians, destroy their homes, take their property, prevent them from achieving self-determination. And they do that knowing that they are diplomatically, politically, and legally protected by the United States. This has to stop. Uh, Ahmed, uh, sorry, uh, Jihad, I keep saying Ahmed because my co-host's name is Ahmed, but I'm uh, trying to follow as you speak the many uh, emails uh, and actually uh, messages I am getting. So let me start uh, reading some of the text messaging. Uh, Carl uh, is uh, uh, is uh, actually uh, happy that Ahmed and I uh, won the Public Affairs Volunteer of the Year for 2021 and saying that it is well uh, deserved and thanks for all you do. Thank you, Carl, for a lot. And then uh, Arthur uh, sent a lengthy email and here it is, uh, I'm reading it and quoting, as for the silence of the major American media on the death of Shireen, the Palestinian American journalist, it is of no surprise to those of us who have tried for decades to have our letters to the ed editor of St. Pete Times and especially of the Tampa Bay Times uh, to be published. Art uh, continues to say, I have saved all my letters that I sent to both local newspapers since 1991. In the last 11 years, from 2011 to 2022, uh, I sent 121 letters criticizing with documentation Israel's treatment of Palestinians. Only seven were published. The last letter to be published was on December 20th, 2021. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Art. Uh, and again, uh, a lot of uh, Arabs who especially follow us uh, in the English language and how uh, we encourage them uh, to write and to be active on social media. Uh, I have a couple of questions and one of them is asking, what do you think of U.S. Um, coverage uh, like New York Times, Washington Post, uh, CNN, like their tweets, uh, their, their, the headlines, uh, if you could uh, elaborate on that, Jihad? Yes, of course. Uh, it is a shame. It is a shame that uh, professional uh, media outlets uh, like the New York Times, uh, like Forbes, like all of these media agencies, um, they they really um, excel at uh, using the passive voice when it comes to Palestinians. 
So uh, I'm not sure if they need grammar lessons uh, or if it uh, if it if it's an intentional. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely an intentional uh, uh, thing on their part that they do. When it comes to Palestinians, headlines most of the time go as follows: Palestinian journalist killed in the West Bank. That was one of the common headlines from yesterday's coverage of Shireen Abu Akleh's uh, death in the United States. And it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that um, despite eyewitness accounts, despite that Israeli human rights organization, that Salem, um, did an initial assessment of the, of the crime scene and refuted um, Israeli uh, government claims that um, Shireen uh, was killed by, uh, a, you know, a Palestinian uh, fire in the midst of uh, an, an exchange between Israeli forces and Palestinian uh, fighters, that the, the spot where Shireen was killed um, is really far away from the, the location where the Israeli government claimed that Shireen was caught in crossfire. All of these things. And despite all of the eyewitness accounts, despite all of the testimonies, despite of of the you know the 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 opinions um, and and assessments on the ground, the U.S. media tried to uh, remove the 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 responsibility uh, of Israel from from the headlines, from captions, from. Uh, you know, from describing what happened in order to undermine the scale of the crime, in order to absolve Israel of its responsibility. At the end of the day, uh, Israeli forces were invading a Palestinian town illegally, uh, which, uh, which is in an, in, in an occupied territory where Israel has no legal jurisdiction, no place to be there in the first place. So it, the, the, the coverage was pretty unfortunate. It was dehumanizing because when, when media outlets, when media agencies um, uh, undermine the responsibility of, uh, of those who commit crimes, they're either complicit or they're, they are racist, that they don't view Palestinians as people who are worthy of uh, of pursuing accountability of when they are harmed, when they are killed, when they are injured, when they when their rights are taken away from them, and that's that's a shame. That's a shame, and it's not only that you know um, a lot a lot of these media outlets claim that there isn't enough evidence that Israel killed Shireen, but where, what did they do when there was evidence? What did they do in the case of Yasser Murtaja? What did they do in, in the case, you know, of, uh, in other cases where Palestinian journalists were murdered, uh, were harmed by, by Israeli forces? They did nothing. They did nothing. They did not, they did not call for accountability. They, they remained silent. So I really think it's a shame. And I really think that it, it, as, as people who, you know, I, I, I really think that journalists and people who work in the field of journalism and uh, should really hold these 
institutions accountable for this Actu- kind of behavior? Actually, uh, Jihad, what happened uh, with all the uh, backlash uh, to their ambiguous language ki- uh, died. Died of a heart attack, died of a car accident, died of a, a diabetes sh- uh, shock. Like, how on earth can a journalist at 51 years old just die? Uh, while wearing a helmet that says press and wearing a, a, a bulletproof jacket that says uh, a press, how can she die? But uh, with the backlash she had, so many deleted uh, their uh, their um, their their headlines, their uh, despicable headlines, uh, and they were able. Some of them deleted it, but now they are concentrating on investigation. Like, how can you ask the murderer? Okay, to investigate his own murder. I want you like to stress that. I, I know you mentioned it many, many times. Uh, but why do the Palestinians refuse uh, bluntly uh, Israeli uh, cooperation on investigation? I think it's uh, it's intuitive <laughs> that when I know, when but unfortunately, sometimes we have to just bluntly <laughs> say it. Absolutely. I mean, when when the when the it is it is not it is not normal to ask the criminal to investigate their crime uh, because we know there won't be justice and we know that there won't be accountability. Um, Palestinians suffer on a daily basis. Israel kills them, seizes their property, takes their land. Uh, bans them from from achieving their self-determination and their country. They ban the Palestinians from following the body of uh, their beloved reporter, for God's sake. <laughs> and, and that happens, that happens uh, on a daily basis. Violence in Palestine happens on a daily basis, on an hourly basis. So to expect the very system that commits these crimes, that discriminates against an entire people, that according to human rights organizations, um, it's like Amnesty International, that it's nothing but an apartheid regime at this point, um, and probably worse. Much worse. To expect this very system, this very regime, to, uh, to hold itself accountable for its crimes that it commits on a daily basis. I think this is a ridiculous thing to expect from, from the system. And that's why, that's why Palestinians uh, want to seek justice and accountability um, by putting pressure on Israel. That's why there is a, the boycott, divestment, and sanctions campaign uh, that calls for you know, concrete steps to put pressure on the Israeli government uh, to stop them from continuing with these practices, uh, from violating our human rights, from from taking our freedom and land from us. So I, I really think it's it's uh, it's uh, it's a ridiculous demand, and I think that n- there is no there is no. There is no example in history where the oppressors uh, gave the oppressed their rights out of uh, charity. Um, that didn't happen in the U.S. when African Americans uh, demanded, you know, their their rights. They they fought and fought and fought, 
um, and they were engaged in a in a in a in a long and exhausting uh, struggle for equality, for justice, and and it's still ongoing. Um, and and we and we can never imagine a situation where white supremacists would just you know out of uh, out of charity and out of <laughs> humanity would would tell you okay like we agree that you know uh, african americans native people in the us deserve to live in freedom and dignity and equality and we should work on ending uh, jim crow like policies and and bridge the socioeconomic gap the world doesn't work this way um, those who benefit from you know certain systems and privileges uh, that are built on violence and oppression and equality, uh, they don't just hold themselves accountable and, and decide overnight, yes, we are going to be kinder and gentler. Um, neither neither the brutality will stop uh, uh, humans from uh, resisting oppression. I want to thank you so much, uh, Jihad uh, Abu uh, Salim, uh, for being on uh, True Talk. I really appreciate it. I'm going to play a segment now, but I know you're not going to be able to listen to it. So I want to thank you so much for being on True Talk and shedding some truth to what had happened. My pleasure, Summer. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for uh, being uh, uh, on True Talk. And uh, I want to remind our listeners, such conversations cannot be done on national public uh, radios or uh, for-profit radios or on any media. And this is why it is so important to keep our voices, uh, all of WMNF voices, whether uh, it's uh, African-Americans or white Americans or um, women's shows or whatever show. Uh, without WMNF, you would not be listening to Jihad uh, Abu Salim. You would not be listening to me and Ahmed. I want to try and uh, play the only journalist who had the guts uh, to really uh, speak very freely about uh, Shireen Abu Akla was Muhyiddin, uh, Ayman Muhyiddin. I think he has a show on MSNBC. Also, uh, Christiane Amanpour, but I think she didn't mention a lot of details. So here is uh, Muhyiddin, who knew, uh, who knew uh, Shireen. Above all, uh, she was my friend. Shireen was killed while she was doing her job reporting on an Israeli military raid taking place in the occupied West Bank. Uh, her killing sparked outrage and condemnation around the world. Al Jazeera said that the Israeli military targeted Shireen and killed her deliberately. The Israeli government acknowledged that it was conducting an operation in the area, but said that the Palestinian American reporter might have been killed by Palestinian militants during the gunfight. Now, even though all the eyewitnesses around Shireen at the time, including nearby journalists reporting on that raid, refuted the Israeli claim. The Israeli military actually later backtracked on that, saying it is not possible to determine how Shireen was killed at this point. Now, I'm not going to comment on who killed Shireen, but I am going to tell you who, in my opinion, should not investigate her death. And that is the Israeli military and the government. Time and time again, we have seen the Israeli military operate with impunity in the occupied Palestinian territories. And it goes unchecked. No officers are held accountable. No justice is served. We hear, as we did yet again today, American officials condemn and call for investigations into Israeli abuses. But as history has shown, there is rarely, if ever, any justice for the killing of Palestinians, whether they are American or not, quite frankly. And today, the spokesman for the Israeli military, Ron Kocha, seemingly trying to explain the tragedy 
by saying that Shireen, quote, was filming and working for a media outlet amidst armed Palestinians. They're armed with cameras, if you permit me to say so. Those were his words. They are not my words. Armed with cameras is exactly how journalists go to war. The only- WMNF Tampa, NPR News is next.